Hi, everyone. <clears throat> Hi. Chip Eric back, reading the Bible. This is, what is today, 39? Today is day 39. Day 39. February the 8th. Leviticus chapter 25 and 26 today. I know, they can hardly wait. We're getting towards the end of Leviticus. Yeah. Everybody be upset. I think we'll just go back and read it again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be really good. Okay, Eric. Well, we need to read. My, pho my phone is in battery saver mode, so it will keep turning off while we record. Oh, that's good to know. Like, just the screen. But don't freak out. Yeah, I would have freaked out. Yeah. No, are we're, you sure we're it's, okay. Are you sure it's recording? Yeah, it's still going. Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I got to unlock it every time, too. <laughs> oh, what a pain. Oh, no. The battery's not even low. It's just in battery oh. saving mode. No, it's still going. Okay, good. Hi, everybody. I don't We're know how here. to turn off battery saving. You're still here. Keep talking, Chip, yeah. while I try well, to figure I'm, this out. Yeah, I'm going to talk and just shout out to everybody and everybody and anybody and... Everybody and ev somebody. anybody? Yeah. Oh, like shout that. out to people. Low that... power mode off. Oh, the good. There. That's now we can watch our little oh, equalizer good. while that we talk. That helps me. Otherwise, I'd be like freaking out. I know. And thinking like, oh, did it record? The last thing we want to do is read it twice. Well, especially that reading the other day. Yeah, I was about to say the other day. That's already taken off, I'm sure. That's just going crazy. Honestly, as of the time of this recording, yeah. it has not aired. Okay. But it, it's going, that's day it's 35. Going it's going to go crazy. Oh, yeah. It, It'll, is, it will be. That is a memorable. That is a great moment to get your friends into Chip and Eric read through the Bible. Hear me out. Not because of the, like, immature or whatever, whatever. <laughs> but sometimes the Bible can be very intimidating. Yeah. And if two semi-ordinary pastors. Right. Can feel awkward and laugh through it oh. in a public space. It kind of makes it accessible to people, I think. I think that's a good time to get into it. I hope it. so. I hope people look at Leviticus in a way they've never seen it before. Yeah, and that they don't necessarily share saddle blankets with certain people. Yeah, yeah. Saddle yeah, be blankets. careful who you're sharing a saddle blanket with. Oh, yeah, that yeah. is. Oh. And always check your leather. Yeah. Please. All right. Okay. It's time to go. It's time to go. While Moses was on Mount Sinai, the Lord said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you have entered the land I am giving to you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. For six years you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops, but during the seventh year the land must have a Sabbath year of complete rest. It is the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards during that year. And don't store away the crops that grow on their own or gather the grapes from your unpruned vines. The land must have a year of complete rest. But you may eat whatever the land produces on its own during the Sabbath. This applies to you, your male and female servants, your hired workers, and the temporary residents who live with you. Your livestock and the wild animals in your land will also be allowed to eat what the land produces. In addition... You must count off seven Sabbath years, seven sets of seven years, adding up to 49 years in all. Yes, we do multiplication here. Oh. Then on the Day of Atonement in the 50th year, blow the ram's horn. Go ahead, Eric, blow it. <laughs> do it loud and long throughout the land. Set this year apart as holy, a time to proclaim freedom throughout the land, for all you Braveheart fans, throughout the land for all who live there. It will be a jubilee year for you, when each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors and return to your own clan. This 50th year will be a jubilee for you. During that year, you must not plant your fields or store away any of the crops that grow on their own. And don't gather the grapes, not the grapes, from your unpruned vines. It will be a jubilee year for you, and you must keep it holy. 
but you may eat whatever the land produces on its own. In the year of Jubilee, each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors. Oh, that's nice. Mm. When you make an agreement with your neighbor to buy all and sell property, you must not take advantage of each other. When you buy land from your neighbor, the price you pay must be based on the number of years since the last Jubilee. The seller must set the price by taking into account the number of years remaining until the next year of Jubilee. The more years until the next Jubilee, uh, the higher the price. The fewer years, the lower the price. After all, the person selling the land is actually selling you a certain number of harvests. Mm. Show your fear of God by not taking advantage of each other. I am the Lord your God. Mm. If you want to live securely in the land, follow my decrees and obey my regulations. Then the land will yield large crops and you will eat your fill and live securely in it. But you might ask, what will we eat during the seventh year since we are not allowed to plant or harvest crops that year? Hmm. Well, be assured that I'll send my blessing for you in the sixth year so that so that the land will produce a crop large enough for three years. Hmm. Now, when you plant your fields in the eighth year, you will still be eating from the large crop of the sixth year. Wow. In fact, you'll still be eating from the large crop when the new crop is harvested in the ninth year. I'm still eating that crop now. Uh, yeah. The land must never be sold on a permanent basis, for the land belongs to me. You are only foreigners and tenant farmers working for me. With every purchase of land, you must grant the seller the right to buy it back. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell some family land, then a close relative should buy it back for him. If there is no close relative to buy the land, but the person who sold it gets enough money to buy it back, he, has then, he then has the right to redeem it from the one who bought it. The price of the land will be discounted according to the number of years until the next year of Jubilee. In this way, the original owner can then return to the land. But if the original owner cannot afford to buy back the land, it will remain with the new owner until the next year of Jubilee. In the year of Jubilee, the, man, the land must be returned to the original owners so they can return to their family land. Anyone who sells a house inside a walled town has the right to buy it back for a full year after its sale. During that year, the seller retains the right to buy it back. But if it is not bought back within a year, the sale of the house within the walled town cannot be reversed. It will become the permanent property of the buyer. It will not be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee. But a house in a village, a settlement without fortified walls, will be treated like property in the countryside. Such a house may be bought back at any time. And it must be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee. Hmm. The Levites always have the right to buy back a house they've sold within the towns allotted to them. And any property that is sold by the Levites, all houses within the Levitical towns, mm -hmm. must be returned to in the year of Jubilee. Hmm. After all, the houses and the towns reserved for the Levites are the only property they own in all Israel. Hmm. The open pasture land around the Levitical towns may never be sold. It is their permanent possession. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Well, if one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and cannot support himself, support him as you would a foreigner or as a temporary resident and allow him to live with you. Do not charge interest or make profit at his expense. Instead, show your fear of God by letting him live with you as your relative. Remember, do not charge interest or money that you lend him or make a profit on food that you sell him. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell himself to you, do not treat him as a slave. Treat him instead as a hired worker or as a temporary resident who lives with you, and he will serve you only until the year of Jubilee. At that time, he and his children will no longer be obligated to you, and they'll return to their clans and go back to the land originally allotted to their ancestors. The people of Israel are my servants, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt, so they must never be sold as slaves. Show your fear of God by not treating them harshly. However, 
You may purchase male and female slaves from among the nations around you. And you may also purchase the children of temporary residents who live among you, including those who have been born in your land. You may treat them as your property, passing them on to your children as a permanent inheritance. You may treat them as slaves, but you must never treat your fellow Israelites this way. Suppose, suppose a foreigner or temporary resident becomes rich while living among you. If any of your fellow Israelites fall into poverty and are forced to sell themselves to such a foreigner or to a member of his family, they still retain the right to be brought back even after they've been purchased. Purchased. They may be bought back by a brother or an uncle or a cousin. In fact, anyone from the extended family may buy them back. They may also redeem themselves if they have prospered. They will negotiate the price of their freedom within the person who bought them. The price will be based on the number of years from the time they were sold into the next year of Jubilee, whatever it would cost a hired worker for that period of time. If many years still remain until the Jubilee, they will repay, repay their proper proportion of what they received when they sold themselves. If only a few years remain until the year of Jubilee, they will repay a small amount for their redemption. The foreigner must treat them as a worker hired on a yearly basis. You must not allow a foreigner to treat any of your fellow Israelites harshly. If any Israelites have not been brought back by the time the year of Jubilee arrives, they and their children must be set free at that time. For the people of Israel belong to me. They are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Do not make idols or set up carved images or sacred pillars or sculptured stones in your land so that so you may worship them. I am the Lord your God. You must keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you the seasonal rains. The land will then yield its crops and the trees of the field will produce their fruit. Your threshing season will overwrap, overlap with the grape harvest and your grape harvest will overlap with the season of planting grain. You will eat your fill and live securely in your own land i will give you peace in the land and i will be able to sleep and you will be able to sleep with no cause for fear i will red, rid the land of wild animals and keep your enemies out of your land in fact you will chase down your enemies and slaughter them with your swords five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand all your enemies will fall beneath your sword I will look favorably upon you, making you fertile and multiplying your people. I will fulfill my covenant with you. You will have such a surplus of crops that you will need to clear out the old grain to make room for the new harvest. I will live among you, and I will not despise you. I will walk among you. I will be your God, and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, so you would no longer be their slaves." I broke the yoke of slavery from your neck so you can walk with your heads held high. However, if you do not listen to me or obey all these commands, and if you break my covenant by rejecting my decrees, treating my regulations with contempt, and refusing to obey my commands, I will punish you. I will bring sudden terrors upon you, wasting diseases and burning fevers that will cause your eyes to fail and your life to ebb away. You will plant your crops in vain because your enemies will eat them. I will turn against you and you will be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you and you will run even when no one is chasing you. And if, in spite of all of this, you still disobey me, I will punish you seven times over for your sins. I will break your proud spirit by making the skies as unyielding as iron and the earth as hard as bronze. All your hard work will be for nothing, for your land will yield no crops and your trees will bear no fruit. If even then you remain hostile toward me and refuse to obey me, 
I will inflict disaster on you seven times over for your sins. I will send wild animals that will rob you of your children and destroy your livestock. Your numbers will dwindle and your roads will be deserted. And if you fail to learn the lesson and continue your hostility toward me, then I myself will be hostile toward you. I will personally strike you with calamity seven times over for your sins. I will send armies against you to carry out the curse of the covenant you have broken. When you run to your towns for safety, I will send a plague to destroy you there, and you will be handed over to your enemies. I will destroy your food supplies so that ten women will need only one oven to bake bread for their families. They will ration your food by weight, and though you have food to eat, you will not be satisfied. In spite of all this, you still refuse to listen and still remain hostile toward me. Then I'll give full vent to my hostility. Mm. I myself will punish you seven times over for your sins. Then you'll eat the flesh of your own sons and daughters. Yuck. I will destroy your pagan shrines and knock down your places of worship. I'll leave your lifeless corpses piled on top of your lifeless idols, Mm. and I'll despise you. I will make your cities desolate and destroy your places of pagan worship. I will take no pleasure in your offerings that should be a pleasing aroma to me. Yes, I myself will devastate your land, and your enemies who come to occupy it will be appalled at what they see. I will scatter you among the nations and bring out my sword against you. Your land will become desolate. Your cities will lie in ruins. Then at last the land will enjoy its neglected Sabbath years as it lies desolate while you are in exile in the land of your enemies. Then the land will finally rest and enjoy the Sabbath that it missed. As long as the land lies in ruins, it will enjoy the rest never allowed to take, you never allowed to take every seventh year while you lived in it. And for those of you who survive, I will demoralize you in the land of your enemies. You will live in such fear that the sound of a leaf driven by the wind will send you fleeing. Wow. You'll run as though fleeing from a sword, and you'll fall even when no one pursues you. Though no one is chasing you, you will stumble over each other as though fleeing from a sword. You will have no power to stand up against your enemies. You will die among the foreign nations and be devoured in the land of your enemies. Those of you who survive will waste away in your enemies' lands because of their sins and the sins of their ancestors. But at last, my people will confess their sins and the sins of their ancestors for betraying me and being hostile toward me. When I've turned their hostility back on them and brought them to the land of their enemies, then at last their stubborn hearts will be humbled and they will pay for their sins. Then I'll remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham, right? The big three. Mm. And I'll remember the land for the land must be abandoned to enjoy its years of Sabbath rest as it lies deserted. At last, the people will pay for their sins, for they have continually rejected my regulations and despised my decrees. But despite all this, I will not utterly reject or despise them while they are in exile in the land of their enemies. I will not cancel my covenant with them by wiping them out, for I am the Lord their God. For their sakes, I will remember my ancient covenant with their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of all nations, that I might be their God, I am the Lord." These are the decrees, regulations, and instructions that the Lord gave through Moses on Mount Sinai as evidence of the relationship between himself and the Israelites. There you go. And that is our reading for today. And you know what? If you're doing the guided reading practices from the SDA, uh, you should have that covenant question answered pretty good. (laughs) So if you didn't catch the covenantal talk, you should go listen to that again because there was a lot of good covenant talk in there. All right. Yep. Two semi-ordinary pastors. It's us. Uh, also, just side note, dashingly handsome. Oh. Yeah. Semi-ordinary, but so good looking. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, reading an extraordinary book to some wonderful people in all walks of life. Yep. 
We got people all over the world. All over the world, world, all world. world. All over Newton, Kansas. I mean, all over Newton, Kansas. Yeah, yeah. From one corner to the other. Yep. Hey, we are two, two, three questions, two and a half, three questions. Yeah, whatever, man. That sounded like another question, which would make it four questions. Okay, we have four questions. <laughs> hey, we better get to the questions. Let's do it. What's this telling us about God, Chip? Okay. So I could have said this before, yeah. but I think now's the time to say it. it As we get it. close to the end of Leviticus, yeah. God values rest. Mm. Caught that. <laughs> Specifically, the Sabbath rest. It's a big deal to God, mm-hmm. you know, and it's um, really not a command that's repeated in the New Testament. That's very interesting, but the principles can be applied in different ways when you think about it. But so why did God value the Sabbath rest? Why was it a, a huge deal? There was consequences that they didn't do it. Why, why does he value that Sabbath rest? I think one of the reasons, or probably many, um, that it seems that it's a way for the people to trust their God. Mm-hmm. When they rest from their work, they have to trust God to provide. Specifically, you know, when the land had to rest and things like that, they had to trust God to provide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially in our culture today, it's all about what we do. Do, 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 work, work, work. And we do so much that we miss God. So they had to take a break, time out, spend time with me, remember me, uh, who I am, what I've done, what I will do. And it's a time to trust in God and to wait patiently for him. So uh, let's just say it. God values specifically here the Sabbath rest. Yeah, uh, I'm going to piggyback off of something that happens in the New Testament, and I'll stick with the Sabbath as well. So Jesus is walking down the street Boom. with the disciples, and they're like, we're hungry. So they yeah. grab some corn, right? Corn? Is it corn? Kernels. Kernels yeah, of wheat. Of corn. Yeah, yeah. So, or of wheat, yeah. yeah. Grain of some kind. Mm-hmm. They start eating it, and the Pharisees are like, why do you harvest on the Sabbath? Oh, and Jesus says, oh, man was not made for the Sabbath. Mm. Sabbath was made for man and so that that is a super important thing to carry into this passage that you know god is obsessing over the sabbath yes i mean he is insistent like you're gonna have a sabbath and then every seven years you're gonna have a sabbath year yeah and then the year of jubilee is based upon you guessed it the sabbath and then the land itself has to have a sabbath Sabbath. like he is all about this seventh this period of seven, like, or this this yep. pattern of seven and then rest and rest, rest and rest. rest. He's all about that. It is not for his sake. It is yeah. for our sake. Mm-hmm. Um, we need a Sabbath rest. We do. And it's not just that we need to kick our feet up and have an afternoon nap. <laughs> but I like those. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but we need yes. a time of yeah. consecration and right. trust, like you said. But not only that. Not only that. So, like... The Sabbath is a way of trusting God, but it's also a way of building trust in God, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a display of our trust sure. that we're not working seven days a week, Yeah. right? So if we're not working seven days a week, it's because we trust God right. to provide yeah. on that seventh day that we don't need to work that day, right? right. Yeah. If we're not planting in the seventh year, it's because we trust God in year six to provide that, that huge bounty that he promises, Yeah. you know? So, and the trust builds as we see him provide, the trust builds and builds, builds. and builds. And so we can take God at his promises. What he says is what he's going to do. I love it. And we learn that from the Sabbath. Okay, so what do we do? Well, I, uh, I think you take it. <laughs> you, you take someday. You, you figure out sometime. Yeah. Um, I just, I'll get a little personal here. So the last so many months, 
I've neglected that time. Mm. So it was like last week or the two weeks ago, I was just, I told my wife, I'm like, and a few other people that I, I connect with, I'm like, man, I it, that's on me, you know, and I got to, so I have my certain day and I've been protecting it the last few weeks and mm. and just uh, fighting for that and in that time, Sabbath rest is, is so important for me because then, you know, if for all the reasons Eric mentioned, uh, you know, it, it just begins to pile on top of you uh, and all this stuff and, and, and you don't trust the Lord and then you get it, it tired and it's all about you and, mm-hmm. and then all the stuff that comes with it, your attitude and your perspective. So you find your day, find, you know, and, and find it and, and don't schedule anything on it and, and take advantage of it and, and, and really allow that to draw you to the Lord. And, uh, and so it's, been good for me but i gotta fight for it you gotta fight for it well yeah yeah and i mean the thing is like here's a little transparency too you and i are salaried workers mm-hmm. right so if we get things done on this instead of a sabbath in lieu of a sabbath you know if we take a, an extra work day what we're saying is we don't trust god with our schedule mm-hmm. right and i've fallen into that big time yeah, we're busy guys always. we are busy guys always but i i think i see a lot too of well i get time and a half or double time on Sunday. So I'm going to go work, you know, I've heard that. and it's, yeah, I mean, I've lived it, mm-hmm. you know, in college, I had this opportunity to work Sundays and, and make a lot of money, you know, and I mean, it's tempting, tempting, but do you trust God with it? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Good question. Good stuff. So, yeah. And, and honestly, I'm with you, man. Like that's a struggle of mine too. Yeah. Hannah drives the train on that. Yeah. Saturday is our Sabbath, and she is fiercely protective of it and has gotten me to be as well. And so, yeah, pretty awesome. Way to go. Okay, guys. Take the Sabbath. Find one. Take the Sabbath. Yes, (laughs) even if you're... But don't take a Sabbath from Jim and Eric reading the Bible. (laughs) Isn't that crazy, too? Like, that whole end of the weekend thing is because people are literally doing everything except reading the Bible. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, good stuff. Hey, we're proud of you guys, and we will catch you again tomorrow to finish the book of Leviticus. Can't wait. It'll be a short one. Yep. Bye. Bye.